know, sometimes we think that um, we're God and we come to God with our prayer list and we say, well, here's my needs, God, and this is how you need to this is how you need to fix it. This is how you need to deal with it. And what we don't what we don't know is what God sees. Now, I'm not denying that we have needs. I'm not deciding, de- denying that we have issues. But when we try to play God, then things don't work out. Because God can say, okay, I'll give you exactly that, but it's not what you really need. So what we have to do is decide to say, God, I, I know where my issues lie, but I want to have your answer in my life. I want you to answer your your plan for my for my life through my prayers so uh, I know when I was a little kid I can still remember being in the trolley in the supermarket with my mum and asking for chocolate she would say no you can't have the chocolate and so what I did is I I ate a whole block of chocolate when she wasn't looking I was sneaky and found out that it was laxettes and I ate the whole block all to myself and what we what we do is as people sometimes is we're we're taking what's not for us and we're saying, well, God, this is what I really need. This is the answer. You, and, and we're praying, telling God what, what He should do when what we ought to do is say, God, I'm going to trust you for the answer. And in the wait time, you give glory to God and honor Him for being God in your life. So I just want to set some things straight there. So maybe that's really going to help someone here this morning. I'm not, and I know that it will. But we're just going to pray before we go on and say, Jesus, I want to trust the answer. So I know this issues, things that you're dealing with and you've been saying, God, God, I need this, I need that. And we're looking at the we're looking at the symptoms of our problem and we're thinking we know the solutions to the problem. Now we know the symptoms, but we don't know the solution. God does. And so what we need to do is transfer our faith to say, God, you, you give me the solution that I need, not the solution I'm trying to tell you that I need. So does that make sense to you this morning? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today for your spirit to speak into our hearts that you grant us wisdom to trust you for the things that we can't change to trust you for the wait time in between that we say God I know what I see but Lord I don't know what the answer is but I'm going to believe I'm going to make a a call upon heaven and Father I pray that when we do that that we'll see our lives begin to change we'll see provisions start to flow we'll see the the kingdom of God advancing in our life and we'll see your purposes outworked all around us because we're not telling you how to be God anymore but we want you to be God and be God in Jesus name amen okay why don't you take your seats I hope that made sense to you but I had a real burden on my heart this morning to share that because I know it's going to help a lot of people so it's great to see you here in church this morning I'm glad to see you if you're visiting with us, it's awesome to have you here and we pray that uh, today's service will do your heart good and I know that God wants to meet you here today. So uh, we had a great night at Heartbeat this week on Tuesday night. It was an incredible time together. Uh, the women had a lovely time at the women's yeah. thing they did on Friday night. So um, who was there, ladies? Yeah, look at them all over there. Good. So today, Jesus wants to talk to you about you. And uh, I want to encourage you, um, it's always a great conversation when the topic is us. I know I love the, I'd love to talk about me and any conversation I have with people, I can quickly turn it to all about me. Um, not true. Oh, no, I do. You ask my wife, she, she tells me, oh, stop talking, making it about you. But I love talking about me. And uh, I know that um, uh, God wants to talk to you this morning about you. So let's just look at a few things this morning. The topic today is you, is 
uh, everyone say me. It's about you, me. 1 John 4 verse 4 says this. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. 1 John 5 verse 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. John 1 5 5. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We could just close the service right there now and go home with a great victory knowing that God has just spoken to us something powerful. But I want to tell you this morning, the call of God is where victory begins. So we're going to look at a a few things this morning. We're going to look at kingdom and we're going to look at the call of God. So Ephesians 4 verse 1, the the scripture that that, um, caused me to respond to the call of God to come to Port Lincoln. It's a very powerful scripture to me and I believe that it has relevance to our church and and the direction in which we take as a church. So it, it starts there, Ephesians 4 verse 1, just the very first part of it. It says, lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. And I want to encourage you today, a lot of stuff that we deal with in life is because we doubt the call of God. We doubt that God has a purpose for our life. But it's, it encourages us here today, lead a life worthy of your calling. Why? Because you have been called. So the call of God, if we you know, sort of define this, it's who you are in God's sight. It's who God sees you as. And I want to tell you this morning, you are worthy of God's call. It's not about your uh, ability, your character, your good things. You are worthy of God's call because Jesus calls you. It's because of his goodness. So if we look at that word call, by definition, to call is uh, to get someone's attention. We call out, hey, you over there. And we notice when we're called by our name. We, we notice that more. So if... if um, if I were to be calling out to you and saying, hey, you, over there, you over there, hey, 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 you, with a green hat on, you, hey, you, you're probably not going to take much notice. You're probably not going to say, is he talking to me? You ever had that? Someone's calling out and you go, uh, are they talking to me? You talking to me? But when, when you, if you compare that to, hey, Karen, Trevor, Amy, whatever your name is, you know, and they're calling out your name, hey, Rob, Rob, hey Rob. No, not you Rob, the other Rob. Not that. But when Jesus does the calling, he knows your name. And so in John 1 verse 48, the story of Nathaniel, one of the you know, uh, new disciples, and he, when he first met Jesus, um, Jesus says things about him and he says, you, you, you know, how do you know such things about me? And I want you to know today that Jesus knows such things about you because he knows all about you ever since before you were born. He knows you. We're going to look at that as we go. But uh, I want you to know Jesus knows your name and he calls people by name. So we're called to the kingdom of God. We're called for a kingdom reason. So Jesus said this about the kingdom of God. John 18 verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. And now he's talking to the Roman governor who, is, who has the power on earth to set him free or condemn him to death. That, that's who he's talking to. Jesus says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. 
but my kingdom is not of this world. So when we use the term kingdom of God, it is meaning basically the way God does stuff, the way God does things. The kingdom Jesus was describing is a spiritual kingdom where God is, where God is in control, where God is in authority. It's, it is spiritual, it is supernatural, um, it's real, and it's distinct from anything else on earth. But it is a real kingdom. It's called the kingdom of light. And we know that there is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of darkness. And very often our life is, is a condition to the kingdom of darkness because we often live with its, uh, with its values and rules put upon us. But there is another kingdom which Jesus wants us to be uh, in, in, uh, enlightened about is the kingdom of light. And we're called to belong in this kingdom of God. We're called to belong in the kingdom of light. Matthew 22 verse 14 says, For many are called, but few are chosen. Now before we go blaming God for the not chosen, and I used to be in that place where I used to read this and say, oh, that's really cool because I'm not a chosen one. So God, you just stay right away from me because I know you didn't choose me because you don't really like me. And so I'm happy where I am. I'm happy doing, doing what I'm doing. You just leave me alone because I know many are called, but few are chosen. So, and we can have this uh, perspective or an idea that, um, that God uh, has the chosen few that, that he loves, that he likes, he wants them around him, and the rest he says, well, oh, you weren't chosen. You know, whoever did the folk dancing at school? And you weren't chosen. I remember only getting chosen by Angela with the glasses. It's like, it's a bad, bad feeling. It's not like that with God. <clears throat> now, Angela was a very nice girl. Before we, before we go blaming God for the... For the not chosen, we've got to read some of these scriptures, get some perspective here. Joel 2 verse 12 and 13. So we go back to Old Testament and God doesn't change. It says this way back then, turn to God, give him your heart while there is time. God's, God's idea is he wants people to turn to him. He wants people to choose him. Uh, Ezekiel 33 verse 11. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. How much pleasure does he take in? Is he there to punish people? Is he there to hurt people? He says, he takes no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? So he's saying he doesn't want you to die. That's your choice. So Numbers 14, verse 18. The Lord is slow, the numbers, that's way back early in the Bible. The Lord is slow to anger, filled with un, unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion, but he does not excuse the guilty. So we say, hey, God is forgiving. God is, is wanting to bridge the gap with people. But then there's that little, last little sentence, but he does not excuse the guilty. So if, to get, a, to get a, another angle on this, let's look at Romans 3, verse 25. Fast forward to the New Testament, it says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And so there is a way, uh, if, if uh, someone is in that place where, where you feel guilty, where you, you know there is sin in your life, you know that there are things that are separating you from God's call, well, that's okay because Jesus says that, um, there, that he made the sacrifice for the sin. He paid the penalty. He took, he, took the, he, he took the penalty. He shed his blood so that those who will believe 
can enter the, the kingdom of light. So people are welcome to enter this kingdom. The only condition is we leave sin at the door. We don't carry our sin into the kingdom of light. We've got to leave it at the door. Through Jesus, our sin is dealt with. It's left at the door and we move on without that. So what God does and has always done is, is bring his kingdom down to save people. He brings his kingdom down to save you. And as we're talking today predominantly about you and this call of God is you are called to enter into and live in and serve in God's kingdom. So I'm going to give you an example of the life of Moses. And we, you know, if you've been around church, you might have heard the story. If you haven't, I'll give it to you today. Um, Moses and the burning bush um, is this time where God called Moses into his service. Uh, you'll, you'll find it in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Now the story goes, Moses noticed a bush. He's out in the wilderness and he notices a bush that just kept burning. And it says in the New Living Translation that he turned aside to see what this was about. He sees this fire on the, you know, on the horizon, perhaps. It's burning bush, keeps burning, keeps burning. And he says, what is this? I'm going to turn aside. I'm going to go and have a look at what this is about. So Moses, if we do a little background check on Moses, he's, we need to do background checks on people. We're going to do this on Moses. We're going to check him out. Um, he's been living in a foreign land. He's been living in the wilderness and he's running from his past because some of his past is not very God-honoring. Some of his past is not very, is not very good. And we're not going to go into all that this morning, but, but here he is, 40 years running from his past in a foreign land. And it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a look, God called him from the middle of the bush and said, hey, you over there whatever your name is. It says, out of the bush, God saw Moses coming and he said, Moses, Moses. He called his name twice just to get his attention. Now, God knew where Moses had been all that time. God knew his history. God knew his background. And when things were ready, God came calling for Moses. And today, God will come calling you despite your yesterdays. You might be thinking, I'm disqualified. You might be thinking, but I failed. You, you could have all kinds of reasons behind your name that say, well, you know, God can't be interested in me. I want to tell you today, you, could, you haven't been in the wilderness for 40 years. You haven't been in exile. You haven't had a history like Moses had that would totally disqualify from the call of God. But today, God, God's call is, is for you despite your yesterday. And you need to shake off the baggage of yesterday in your life so that you can step into the plan and purpose that God has for you. And there's so many people who have been sitting for so long, like in the back end of the wilderness, saying, well, do you know what? It just doesn't make any sense and I don't know why this happened to me or blah, 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 whatever. I was only trying to, to do the right thing. But whatever it is, you need to shake that off because the devil will say, you know, God is not interested in you. Yes, he is. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled and empowered with the, with the, the passion for God and the, and the desire for God's kingdom and you will step into an incredible destiny and purpose that God has designed for you. It's got your name on it. Now imagine that, something that has your name and you say, well, that, that, that just got left. It got left in the baggage compartment at the, at the station and no one collected it. And someone opened it up one day and said, wow, look at all this amazing stuff. And they just left it behind. They just got on the caboose on the back of the train and left. I want to give you two parts of this, this, um, this call and kingdom. 
So there's a personal call, a personal responsibility to the call of God and the kingdom, and there's a corporate call and responsibility to the kingdom. So first we'll look at the personal, and we won't take long with this. Number one, personal. There are times where God wants our attention. There are times where God wants your attention. He wants you to turn aside and take a moment to hear him call your name. And and often we're just so consumed with our own agenda, our own life, our own things, that we just think, I just don't have time to turn aside. And no matter how many times God's putting these burning bushes for us to see, we're just like, oh, I didn't see it, didn't see it. It's like we've we've got welding glasses on, a welding mask. You can't see anything. No one got that joke, but anyway. We've got to turn aside like Moses because God has a call on you. God has a call on you. When there's a turn, when there's a turn to see what God's doing, there is a commissioning and a calling takes place. So wherever you may be in your journey, God has something for you. Turn aside when he gets your attention. So God might be speaking to you in some small way where where you just sense and it's hard to quantify here, but you, you know something's, something's sort of not quite there in your life. And you're thinking, well, maybe God's slowing things down. Maybe God's closing some things around me. Things aren't working out. That's a good time where God is trying to get your attention. And that's where you say, okay, God, why is this all so hard? Why is things not working for me right now? Why am I keep you know, uh, coming up against a, a, an issue that won't go away? Maybe God's trying to get your attention. So when that happens, you say, well, I need to turn myself to God. I need to be in the place where God can speak to me. Church should be a good place for that to happen. But wherever you need to be, you need to say, well, I'm going to be in the place where God can speak to me in a clear way. So um, wherever you may be in your journey, God has something for you. Turn aside when he starts to get your attention. So the call of God becomes the chosen of God to those who turn aside to, to see. So God wants your attention. Turn aside to see what that is that God wants you to do. And he'll speak to you. He'll call your name. So there's, there's a corporate side to this kingdom and calling as well. So church is, is just a, a, a bit of an, an interpretation that I want to bring for you to see this morning. Church is a burning bush that turns people's attention to God. It should be. Church should be the place that gets people's attention to turn to God. So One Heart Church... Be a burning bush church that people turn aside to take a look. So I believe there's going to be many important people, many important Moses kind of people who turned aside to take a look in this church and encountered the call of God. You know, I want people to have an intrigue about the church. Uh, you know, we, we have our little one heart stickers that we put on our car. I encourage you, put one on your car. I want people all around the place to see one heart stickers and start to be intrigued and say, what is this? I see those things everywhere. And that could be God's little, a small little tool that someone says, well, I'm going to go and see. I'm going to turn aside. So you need, you need a, a one heart sticker. It, it will make your car more valuable. So put it on your car. I, I was in Tumby Bay one day and, and in a cafe at Tumby Bay and, and had the one heart sticker on my car and the lady came from outside and came into the cafe just to say, what, what, does that, what is that? So that's, our, that's my church. That's where I go to church. And, and I think that's what I want people to see. I want people to see a full car park and say, what do they do in there? Why is that, why is that car park full all the time? And, and cause that to be a turn aside moment in somebody's life who says, well, you know what? I'm intrigued. I'm going to turn aside. I'm going to see what's going on in there. 
And that only happens in churches that are burning. And we need to be believers that are burning. So there'll be many important Moses that will turn and take a look in this church and they'll encounter the call of God. Matthew 5 verse 14, just the very first start, it says that you are the light of the world. This is one of our, part of our mission statement as a church that we have uh, written down. It's on our plaques there on the back or our posters, whatever. You are the light of the world. You are a burning bush. That's what we're called to be. So uh, Matthew 5 verse 15, the, the second part of that one says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Because we want, to, we want to be good so that God gets the glory. We want to be good so that God gets lifted high. So there are people here today who turned aside to take a look because someone invited them to this church. There are people who turned aside and take a look because uh, someone brought them to church and Jesus called them and they are now serving God. I know that God's done that for many, many lives. I could name people right now and, and, and um, say, this person, that person does this and they do that. And, and God called them out of nowhere. I'm looking at Shirley right now. I won't mention her name, but there she is. She, got, got, she came, turned aside, and God spoke to her. And, and, and God called her her name. And it's an amazing thing to see. And there's, there's so many other people that we could do the same to this morning. But we're a kingdom called church. We're, we're a church who are called to the kingdom of light. So Jesus uses the church to speak to the world. Now, I don't know why Jesus chose that. Why didn't he choose an angel to speak to the world? Why didn't he choose some special method, a television station? He could have used so many different things, could have used the internet to talk to the world. But he chose the church to be his, his spokes, spokesman to the world. The church is God's kingdom agents. And we're not to be secret agents. What we do in church matters. Our services are important in helping those who know nothing about God become believers of God. So they go from knowing nothing about God to believing in God. How does that happen? It happens by a, a miraculous calling of God that speaks to people in their innermost spirit. So that's the church's core purpose is connecting people to Jesus. So Matthew 5 verse 14, we are to be light bearers. We are to be bearers of the kingdom of light so that we can't be missed. We, we can't, it can't be missed. It's there. It's in your face. So finally, and everyone says, oh, thank goodness. If I can have the musicians join me now. You are not anonymous to God. You are not anonymous to God. I know some, some parts of life we want to remain anonymous, but there's one one person we can never be anonymous to, and that is God. Isaiah 43, verse 1 says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God's giving a declaration to you today that you're called. He's, he, he knows your name. And I want to encourage you today. I want to, to stir you today to reacquaint yourself because I have a sense that there are people here today who you have been called, you've given your life to Jesus, there's been a journey that you're going on and through circumstance through through life's um, issues you've somehow thought well maybe I got left behind, maybe God didn't really call me, maybe God forgot about me, I want to tell you today He's not forgotten you, He knows you and He declares over you, you are mine, 
Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it, it speaks there that God knows you before you were born. God knows you while you were being formed in your mother's womb. That means that He goes way back with His commitment to you. He goes way back with His desire to call you and to see your future. If we go to Ephesians 1 verses 9 and 10, it says, God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to, to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. So today, if we could just perhaps stand together, if we're able, can we stand? I just ask you to close your eyes. And I want to bring an encouragement to you today about the call of God for you, the call of God for your life. Whatever things concern you, Jesus knows. Whatever things are against you, God knows. And He has a right time for you, a good plan for you, that He'll bring all those things under His authority in your life, in His in His plan and in His timing. So be assured God has a right time for you. Start believing it. Start to confess it. Start to speak it out even when you can't see it. You need to go home from church today and say, God has a plan. God has a call. These things that I face are temporary. There is an eternity that I need to prepare for right now. And you need to trust God for that. And there's also people who are having their own burning bush moments. Maybe they've just been you know, little increments along the way of life. And you know God has been calling you to something. Maybe you don't exactly know what, but you know something. I know I can testify to you today that as a young man, and I was in no way, I guess, thinking, hey, God, you're going to use me. I, I thought I had more disqualifications than, than was even allowed. I was disqualified for having too many disqualifications. But somewhere I'd be in the presence of God and and, and God would start to speak to me saying, I, I'm, I'm calling you, I'm, I'm going to call you. And one day in a church service just like this, I was sitting there minding my own business. I only went to church because my sister said, you should go to church. You've been away too long. You need to come to church today. I went, so I went to church, sat there with my sister of all things. And the preacher starts to prophesy. And he says, there's a young man here. And I knew as soon as he said those words, it was me. And my heart started going, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. And I think, where can I hide? Where can I hide? I'm sprung. And he says, there's a young man here. And this, this has been going on. He starts to say some things that only me and God know. And he says, God's calling you. God's got a, got a purpose for your life. You're going to be a preacher. And I'm like, I don't even like church. But I knew God was talking to me. And I was 14 years old. And I'm, I'd love to be able to say, and then from then on, I served God. But I was really dumb. I was really hard and stubborn. But you know, I know from that moment, God was, was speaking into my life. And perhaps you're here today and you're having your own burning bush moment, you know God is calling you to something. All I can say is respond to God. You say, Lord, use me. I'm here. And, 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 and let God have that part of your life and say, I'm, I'm not going to resist the call to your kingdom. I want to be an agent of the kingdom of light. Why don't we just raise our hands right across this place. Now, especially if this word has touched you in some way, you're going to say, Jesus, I want to go on that journey. I want, to, I want to go on that, that purpose that you created me to fulfill, wherever that may take me, wherever, wherever you may 
may show me. I want to be ready. So Lord, I pray right now over this place that people may be open to your spirit to take them, to lead them, to show them the way. I just pray today that we may be a burning bush church as well, that that is a, a place that people turn aside to see, that they hear the good news of Jesus being preached, that they can hear the call of God over their, their life in this place. So I just pray today for those who need to be encouraged, encouraged. For those who need to be strengthened, that you strengthen. For those who need to be reminded of the call and purpose for their life, I pray that you do that and stir within them the the things of the Spirit again so that they may be like a Moses to this generation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you take your seats, just want to give opportunity for those who want to get their life right with God. We've got a prayer that we're going to pop up on the screen. Now, what this is, is an opportunity for people who don't know God yet to make their peace with God, to ask Jesus into their life. We're going to pray this all together. And if you're praying it for the first time, I just say, well done. God sees that prayer and will accept you when you make this prayer real in your own life. So dear Jesus, let's pray together. I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life. And I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats today. Just want to say thanks for coming out to church this morning. And I hope this word really can be carried home with you. And remember, you are called for a kingdom purpose. God bless your church.